Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I can see you getting into like <laughs> mode. <laughs> Just so like formal and strange. Welcome to Datafication. I'm changing the title of the podcast for today's episode because today, I'm well, tonight, I'm chatting to a dad. Datafication is a space for men and parents to talk about how they're feeling, and sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears, although knowing today's guest, it's more likely to be me doing the swearing than him. <laughs> This is the last episode of the year, so I wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone for listening and supporting me. I have absolutely loved bringing you episodes each week, and I feel very lucky to do so. I will be back next year, but I wanted to say the biggest thank you to today's guest. Today, I am chatting to my husband, Leith Batner. Leith is a visual effects supervisor and dad to our two kids, Marlita, three, and Juniper, one. Thanks for saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Should we just... Yeah, yeah okay. I guess we just do it. This is weird it, it for is, me. It was yeah. weird for me too. <laughs> <laughs> if you were stuck on a desert island, we don't normally sound like this when we talk to each other. No, we're normally sitting on the couch. We have a glass of wine now, but we're normally sitting on the couch with a glass of wine and stopping and starting whatever we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> if you were stuck on a desert island and you could take one meal, one drink and one personal item, what would they be? Okay. So the meal would be spaghetti bolognese and the drink would be a cask of our Debortly <laughs> Shiraz Cabernet. <laughs> Um, for various reasons, um, which is l l too long to explain. And uh, I think 
Probably a phone. Okay. Doesn't have to be my phone. Just for contact, you know what I mean? Yep. But that's just I couldn't think of anything, any personal item that I really, really wanted. I think. Mm. And you just want to be able to talk to people if you're alone. Which is funny because you don't like talking to people. <laughs> I don't. Phone. Generally when somebody calls me, I go, oh. And I'm like, okay. Um, but if I was alone all the time, I'd want to talk to people, definitely. Um, but there's also the practical answer as well, which I was thinking about today. If it was a purely practical thing, because everybody says like the the first emotional Oh, this is what I want. This is such a yes. <laughs> I know. But nobody, like, it's like, okay, if you had, had to actually literally, like, do it for real, I think it would be a knife, like Mick Dundee-style knife mm. or a machete, um, and a bucket, you only which get is one. weird. What? A personal item. Uh, but carry on. It's your game. You can have as many as you want. Well, it's ruined now already. Okay, so anyway, yeah, it was the practical approach. A knife, a bucket, a tarp, a rope? No, because it was a – I had a food. I can't remember what the food was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. That's gone. We can cut that out later. (laughs) This is what our normal conversation sounds like. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> um, do you feel like you went through matrescence or whatever the male version is of that, like detrescence, after we had Marley or June or both? I don't think so. But I went through some sort of change, but I don't think it's as encompassing as, like, what a mum goes through. Like, because for a guy... There isn't the physical change to begin with. Like a woman goes through that massive change over nine months and then they go through like an event, like a really big physical event which makes a mark on them in heaps of ways, physical ways and mental ways. And and then out the other side of that they've got the recovery and so all of it goes for ages and for a for me at least, not for, like, all guys necessarily, but, like, for me, it was more subtle than that. Like, it was just kind of a kind of slow, gradual thing, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of a slow build. But I think a lot of stuff for me is a slow build anyway because I'm not, unless there's a big event that happens to me, mm. um, a lot of any changing that I kind of tend to do, would, I'm not the kind of person who just flips on a dime and changes who they are like I kind of slowly get there can so you... it was a kind of a slow creep and I don't think I necessarily can pinpoint <laughs> you know, gonna ask me. I can't pinpoint when I felt like I, it had changed no but can you pinpoint or describe any change yeah Doesn't... I think it's just your priority priority changes like heaps of priority changes and and they're all kind of cumulative in a way. Um, and then your kind of emotional outlook, I guess, changes a bit. Like like when you're in your – like for me, when you're in your 20s, all you want to do is like 
have some fun and, you know, kind of explore a bit and figure out what your plan is. And then when we got together, it was like, oh, this is really nice kind of new direction and it felt more grounded and stable and you felt like you could plan for things. And then having kids is like the next level on that. And, but in a, in a nice way, like it kind of makes you kind of shift into focusing on what is kind of important. Like I've never thought about the future, my future more than I have now that we have Marley and June. Mm. Um, so it kind of, I guess it's just getting older as well. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel way older being a dad. Like, that's a big one. Like, I feel like a proper grown-up and that people see me as a proper grown-up. And when you say you have kids, people's kind of perception of you changes as well. Like, it's, yeah, it's quite different. Well, like, you work with someone who's in their early to mid-20s. Yeah. And you're also his supervisor. Yeah. But we've talked before about how he must be like, oh, you're like... The 40-year-old dad. dad, yeah. <laughs> and, like, Isn't that like we're nearly 40 and and it's only – I'm only really now starting to feel like, oh, yeah, we're becoming that kind of – Grown-up? Grown-up thing, yeah. How do you feel about yourself in terms of your identity now that we've, we know we're not having any more kids? Yeah. That particular so part, like knowing that, or do you mean like well, no, just, just I mean overall? in in terms of we're not going to have another kid that'll then change things again. Yeah. So not that like we're done, but in terms of having kids, we're yeah. done. So you and the, let me just say the reason you're saying this is because I've had a vasectomy, just so everybody knows. <laughs> it's not like we're just like oh we're never having kids. <laughs> no, like um. Uh, so, and that f- is kind of um, almost reassuring, like that you can, you know what you're kind of looking at mm. in terms of, or like planning things or yes. thinking about your kind of world in a way. It's like you, you kind of feel like you can really grasp everything and you don't necessarily think that something is going to just dramatically change. Mm. You know, hopefully not next week. Yeah. Yeah. So how we were brought up, yeah, was quite different to each other. Mm-hmm. Have you? How have you found it? Marrying our family histories is the wrong way to put it because it's not like we've had to sit down and like reconcile how how different our families were. But have you found any challenges for us parenting together? Because not that we have different values at all, I don't think. I think we've got really similar values. But have you found any? I mean, the answer might just be no. Yeah, I think most of the time you and I are pretty much on the same page for like all and for most of the big questions, or we'd taught, we'd spoken about them like a long time ago, like ages mm. ago. So I think a lot of the, a lot of that kind of blending the two worlds together kind of stuff has not been too bad, mm. and it's 
Yeah, I haven't I haven't kind of struggled with it or, or anything like that. No, I wasn't expecting your yeah. answer to be. <laughs> Good. I, was like, I feel like this is going to be a boring interview. No, that was fine. <laughs> It's We're not. good. We're okay. We're okay. Um, what do you think works for us as a team, as parents? Oh, I think that we're on the same page and we're both can do. Oh, June's just set up. <sighs> Back soon. And I can see the red light flashing. <laughs> Brody's run away to go upstairs to visit Juniper. He's just set up in her cot. And she's with her, her monitor's turned down so that we could talk. And she's probably going, Mummy. Because lately, she only really wants Mummy to hold her at night, at least. I mean, when I'm with her during the day, it's fine. Like, if Brody's working and I've got June and I put her down and then she wakes up, she's like, she knows that Mummy wasn't here anyway. And then she's okay with it. But when mummy's the option, she's like, mummy. And she's the only one, which is a new thing, just kind of a recent thing. But it's hard. And she's still up there and we're still recording. I don't know why I'm talking. This is the sound of the monitor. Normally, wouldn't be up that loud, be about that loud. That sound you can hear is the air conditioner going. <laughs> because we don't have air conditioners in this house because it was built in 1936, 1939, and has only been renovated like maybe once. And we have two portable air conditioners for the girls. So they don't die at night. Brody's just put her back at, back down in her cot. And she's sleeping. Well done, June. <laughs> done. What did you say while I was gone? <laughs> I described what you were doing. <laughs> Being a mum. Mummification gets interrupted by mum. Mummy. Mumming. Oh, Where were we at? Shouldn't be that puffy after just going out <laughs> on Um, What doesn't work for us as a team or... What would you like us to work on, apart from me being more tidy? You being more tidy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'd like us to, I'd like to, it's difficult at the moment because I'm working five days a week and I felt like it was easier when I was working three days a week or four days a week. I would like to be able to uh, be the person that, goes to June more at night and or whenever mm. be like because at the moment it's so it's quite heavily one-sided towards you so like when she wakes up she's like she just wants you and that's just a it feels like a lot of it is just a time like I just because work has been busy and I'm back at five days over the last few months, it's kind of drifted. It felt kind of not too bad earlier on, but she was younger as well. But now it's kind of drifted and and it's back to you shouldering all that burden and then you get exhausted and, and, and annoyed 
Mm. And then it's kind of like, why? Like, because that just makes everybody annoyed. Yeah, we you talk. Know? We talk more about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we do. We, we will. We will you talk more promise. about that. Okay. Um, and we're also talking about um, work and you working. Yeah. Part-time. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've got a we've got a lot of a lot of nieces and nephews yeah. between us. All of our siblings had kids before us, um, except for my brother. And his fiance, who had kids at around the same time, um, but we'd both been around a lot of fifteen of them, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, um, I think it's fifteen. We don't have to count. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. a lot. Um, did you think you had an idea of what? I totally did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like <laughs> I understand parenting. I get it. Like I've seen it. Like I lived with Hannah. For a couple of months, Hannah I think is, it was Hannah maybe it was sister. my sister Hannah. For two, maybe it was three months, maybe longer. I don't remember, but it was a while. It was long enough, and her kids were little, and I could see all the challenges, and and I was like, yeah, I know this can be tough. So intellectually, I was like, yeah, I'm like I know, I know what I know what this is going to be like, and I'm, and we're going to be awesome at it, and we're going to parent like this. And, like, we're going to mould our kids to be like this and then you have kids and you have no control. You're just like, oh, my goodness, I can't shape you. Like, you are just going to be you and maybe I can shape the insignificant things. I don't know. But, or maybe, no, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's you can shape the big things, the big moral things and then the insignificant things like you have no control over, like Marley doesn't want to eat, whatever. Like, yeah, and she didn't want to sleep. Yeah, and it's like okay, and you just yeah, that I didn't realize that that was a shock. Yeah, a slow shock to learn, I think. Although the first bit where she just wasn't, we had you had to feed her all the time, and she wasn't sleeping. That was horrible. Sorry, Miley, I don't mean you were horrible. No, I mean, you were wonderful, but there were hard bits. Yeah, the sleeping was the hardest, I think. So before we had Marley, we knew that um, I was going to take a year of mat leave and then we wanted to both work part-time so that you had time at home with her yeah. solo days while I did some work and vice versa. Um how did that conversation go with your employer at the time? Feels weird asking you like this because I know what the answer is. Yeah. <laughs> Why I'm just trying to think back at um, uh, the conversation went. So I worked in a really, I still work in a male-dominated kind of field. Visual effects is mostly guys getting really nerdy and, you know, not all, not, that's kind of a big generalization but um the the building that i worked in at the time there was i think when i left there was 180 or 190 people working there something like that for because there was a big project on and i would say in terms of visual effects artists 10 15 percent of them were women and the rest were men and often the women were like 
around our age and so they were having kids or whatever and so they were going three days a week to have their kids and that was cool particularly the full-time employees I think they were like you know that's cool go three days a week and whatever you need to do and then so I was like okay cool maybe you know this feels like it'll be a flexible thing and and I asked to go three days a week and they just said no and I was like oh it took me by surprise to begin with I was like okay and in the same at the same time they said no they said four days a week would be okay and I was like well what's like four days a week I guess is better than five but I don't understand I don't get why I can't do three days a week when other people in the company are like if you're trying to not be sexist generally speaking like well you worked with don't be sexist either way like yeah because you worked with women doing the same role as you yeah so there were the there was there was two women that I worked with who went three days a week to spend time with their kids and I get it's like they have to breastfeed and things like that so it's like me personally, I think it's more probably more important. But I guess the in terms of relationship wise, it's also really important for a dad to have that same sort of connection because a mum inherently has to has to have that connection a lot of the time. Like generally speaking, has mm-hmm. to have that connection with their baby. But for a dad, they can just go back to work and like not necessarily have that. Mm. Or they might be, they might try to get that connection later when the kid is older. And it's like, if they're 10, like, that's hard. So, you, like, for me, I was like, you want to start that as early as possible. And they said, no, you can do four days a week. And then that was when I left and went over to Sound Firm. I went to Sound Firm because Roger was like, yeah, you can do three days a week. That's fine. Yeah. And, like, he did just, he was like, cool, whatever. Well, so how, how was it for you having those days with Marley? And now that we have June, usually you have those days with her as well. Well, usually I only get – I was doing four days a week. I've only ever had four days a week with her. And so straight away it's different. I think three days a week is better. Like if we could – Working if we could, Yeah, if we could get to three days a week, that would be awesome. Um, because it makes a big difference in terms of our personal relationships, like with each other, mm. in terms of myself and Marley and June. And it felt like it made a big difference. We were just a lot tighter and we understood each other. Like I didn't have to ask you questions about like what does she eat or what is what time do I feed her or like we were just kind of in sync and I just knew what she needed more. And there was occasions where you would come home from work when I was at home three days a week with Marley and it would kind of be a little bit reversed and I'd be like, this is what, this is what she's doing now. And, and you'd I be really like, struggled oh, with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I'd been with her constantly and then I went back to work four days mm. and you would be like, oh, no, she doesn't or she does or this yeah. is how we... This is how we do this now. And she was all about you. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I probably loved it. I was probably did. like, this is awesome. And uh, that was really hard. Sorry. No, <laughs> no. But it was a double-edged sword because it, um, I could see how good it was 
for your relationship, but I was like, love Sucks. me more. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're not, meant to, not I'm, love I'm the me one you're meant to love. I'm, I'm, I was used to being the one that knew everything, all the things. Exactly. And so what did that do for our relationship in terms of our understanding of what it had been like for the other person, for you to then have those days at home? Yeah, I think it was awesome. And one thing that, like, you and I have spoken about in the past is, like, knowing what the other person is experiencing in terms of when you're working five days a week and you come home and, like, when I'm working five days a week and I come home and you said it's been a really hard day intellectually, I know it's been a really hard day, but I don't really understand it. Mm. Like, you, and even now I'm forgetting it. I'm forgetting what that means. Whereas when it's you're actually sharing that role more, when one of you says this happened or whatever, you vis- you feel it like, and you can really understand what the other person's going through. And and the flip side of that as well was when you got home from work and I'd been with the girls all day. We both did this f- weird thing, which I like took a minute for us to realize when you got home from work. And I was, I'd been with the girls all day and, you know, I'd just given them dinner and the, or they were whatever, or it was perhaps after we'd put them down to sleep and you would stand there talking about your whole day, still talk, standing still talking about your whole day and I was cleaning the house and preparing dinner and in that go mode of like I'm doing dinner and getting things ready and preparing the house and... And you just had to unload about the day and and you were still like checking your phone for messages about work and things like that because you're in work mode. And I do the same thing when I get home and, and I was doing the same thing then. But I didn't realise I was doing that until, until I had no, like I had no clue at all. Like I wouldn't have known until we swapped roles. And then I was like, oh, this is actually just something that needs to happen at the end of a day. People need to... You can't just come home and just switch, like, automatically. That said, particularly at the moment, you walk in the door now from work and, like, yes, you know, during the course of the evening you might check your phone or email or something, but when you walk in, the girls are like, hey, and they're on you and you do an awesome job of going, bang, I'm here. Yeah, I think it's just a learnt has learnt to do it, yeah. you know what I mean? But if I hadn't thought about it, I probably wouldn't do that. This is, oh, you probably would because the girls would be in your face. But, like, you probably would for a minute and then yeah. you'd not, instead of just putting your phone down for an hour and a half. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What was it? Um, I don't know that I've worded this question properly. My, it was, what was it like for you in those early days when I was at work? Like was that first full day a bit weird or did it give you like mild anxiety or were you just like, righto, this is, let's go? It was, I remember it being weird and Marley found it weird for the first two weeks, I think, a week or two. Um, But I remember being weird, but you're so geared up for it. Like you're just like, let's go, let's, let's make it happen. And so you just, you pump yourself up and then you get through the first couple of weeks and then you're like, oh, and you start to settle into it and you're like, oh, I can do this. And you're like, okay. And then a couple of months later you're like, oh, you're really comfortable with it. And and that's the point where it starts to be like, oh, no, this is what Marley does now. And that was really nice for me, yeah. hard for you, maybe. You touched on it before, but in an ideal world, what would our work time life look like as a family in an ideal world we would both work from home and we would probably only work 16 hours a week each and we that wouldn't have to be like a full day we could do like two hour like we could be like okay come on girls we're going to the pool mummy's got to do some work for three hours this morning and then we come back and we all hang out for the day and then maybe the next day I do some work for a few hours or here and there. But, like, who can afford to do that? But Because that ideal world for me is, like, everybody gets stimulated because we still get our work thing and we feel like we're a part of the outside world and we're, our brains are, you know, stimulated but we're not, like, killing ourselves. And you don't have and, to be... And you can choose when you want to do it, yeah. I think that would be amazing. You seem to take a lot in your stride. You're a really um, easygoing is the wrong word because that makes you sound. Like a pushover. Yeah, sort of, but I don't mean it like that. Like you, not just in parenting in life in general, you're pretty even keel. Yeah, I feel like, like mentally, emotionally, somehow my I'm pretty stable. Yeah, Which you is don't. Nice. It's it's very nice for me, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get flustered very easily. Like, do you ever feel like flustered as a parent, or stressed, or have anxiety? Like, I message you or call you, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you won't sleep, and I've got to get in the car," and it's like the end of the world. You never do that to me. So, like, why yeah, do you think that's so? Is that just because we're I'm, – I'm not finishing my sentences, but do you think it's because we're we're different people or do you think it's a male-female? Like, I think it's a bit situational as well. I don't have the girls for long days at a time, you know what I mean, to, to get to that point where you reach your limit. Mm. 
I feel like I've got a a a fairly high. I I don't know. Like I feel like I've got a fairly high limit for stuff, like yeah. stressful stuff. And because I'm not with the girls five days a week or seven days a week or whatever, I never get up to that limit. Mm. Or like it's rare that I do. It might in a in a given situation like where I'm, if I'm trying to put June to sleep and it's taking an hour or whatever, mm. that kind of situation, it might get to the point where I, I hit my limit. Mm. But I think my kind of reaction isn't to call someone and vent in that situation, if I, if I hit my limit, I would just get June up and we would do something completely different. Yeah. We might just go and sit on the back lawn and and that's it. I wonder if part of the reason, and I only just thought of this then, but I wonder if part of the reason I do that is because I want you to know how hard it is. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Because I don't get... I don't do it to... I certainly don't do it to make you feel bad and actually it wasn't until... I went back to work that first time yeah. that I realised how hard that might have been for you to have me going, this is hard and I'm dying, help. Yeah. When you can't because you're at work and you didn't do that to me but when I went back to work and you were at home with Marley, I thought, oh, wow, this is a bit... Here I am three years later, still nice. doing it too. You're like, this is amazing. I get to have my coffee and nobody interrupts me. Oh, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> but, I mean, that, um, that that would have been or could have been hard for you to have me melting down and you not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, again, that I think it was I understood it more after I been with, spent more time at home with the girls. Mm. But before that, I can't really, I can't necessarily remember what I thought of it. I, it hasn't bothered me. That's nice. Yeah. It might be the timing has bothered me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm about to like, or I'm in the middle of a conversation with someone or whatever, but like work conversations, whatever. So when I was having a really hard time earlier this year, and my hormones were nuts and my PMS was out of control, which we now know was premenstrual dysphoric disorder, but we didn't know that for a while. And even if it – I sort of even now feel weird labelling it because I know that some people have PMDD and it is so full on and they can't work and it is incredibly debilitating and it wasn't that for me. But whatever it was, this huge hormone imbalance, um, that got to a point where you said to me that my moods were affecting you and the whole house and the girls and us as a family. And I know that I was horrendous. But I also know that for you to actually say that to me, it must have been really hard for you can you explain what that was like for you when I was behaving abhorrently but out of my control yeah it felt out of control it felt like the whole house was out of control it's that thing where 
um, you know that kind of terrible saying, happy, is it happy wife, <laughs> happy home? Happy, happy wife, happy life. Happy, is it happy life? That was it. It was like um, because you were in this situation where you you were so up and down, you were you had no control over how you were feeling or it seemed like you just had no control over it. It meant that that just filtered through everyone and the whole house. I would come home from work and you might be great, like, you know, you've had a really good day and then and we're all hanging out with the girls, everyone's happy and then we put the girls to bed and it takes a long time to get June down and in that process whatever happens. So I put Marley to bed and at the same time you put June to bed and then I come downstairs and I notice that you're still in there with June and something over that course of a half an hour where you're in there with June, your mood goes from like had a really good day, going really well to kind of storming downstairs and just losing it. And and so at in that evening period between oh, – and the after that I have to always say, also say like – you might lose it and or be having a really hard time and then eventually we get we get June to sleep somehow and you come back downstairs and it's 8.30 and 10 minutes after she's asleep, you are back to like happy and like you had been just absolutely just down and like so far down. And then all of a sudden you just bounce back to like nothing had happened. And when 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 you reach that <clears throat> emotional down state, I would be sinking down with you to that level. And then all of a sudden you'd bounce back up as if nothing had happened. And I'd be staying down there for the rest of the night, just kind of trying to slowly get my way back up to the surface of where you were. And I was like, oh, this is really erratic. And because I'm, uh, like I was saying earlier, like I don't switch quickly with anything really, I don't think. like So that emotional kind of change for me, it was always slower. And, and so the rest of the evening was just kind of like hard. Mm. And also when I came home from work, I didn't know what kind of night it was going to be like. Yeah, that's pretty gross. You're like, is it going to be one of those good ones? Like if June went down straight away, great, it's going to be a really good night. Mm. But then if it, if she didn't, it would just drag on. And if I tried to sometimes like we're in a better routine now where I can we sub in, mm-hmm. like if she's not going down easily, I sub in and then I'll go for a while. I might get her down or I might call you again and you come back in. Whereas back then you would you would try to show, shoulder the whole thing because you weren't thinking kind of intellectually. You are just mm. all emotion and you couldn't analyse the situation. You were just... All emotion, and so it wasn't. If I tried to help, it wasn't working. Yeah. Was that hard for you to say to me? Uh, yeah, it it took. It wasn't hard for me to say to you because I can say. I feel like I can say whatever I want or need to you, mm. and I can, I know I can say even the most harsh thing, 
and like, and I do sometimes without meaning to. <laughs> I can be blunt. That's all right. I tell you. Yeah, I know. And and I know that you're you're able to take that on board, and you do take stuff on board, which is amazing. You don't just like turn around and just you know, throw it out the window and unleash on me or anything. Um, so I think you're quite good at taking information and then changing your behaviour, which is, like, it's amazing. That's really good. Um, but in terms of it, it took me a, a while to figure out that I needed to say it, if you know what I mean, because when you're in it, you're not necessarily trying mm. to analyse the situation. You're just kind of, like, going with it in the moment and then it took a little while to figure out like oh this is there's something not right here this is yeah. not working and let's figure it out and then, then you did and then that magical rue potion <laughs> rue is the name of my naturopath <laughs> jeffrey rue jeffrey rue his client list is going to go up after this so it this, should it was it was like magic it was it was um, what was it? Magnesium or something? Yeah, it was magnesium. It was this um, this powder drink called Calm X, which was mainly magnesium, but it was too. Um, it targeted my stress response. Right. Yeah. Anyway, our nights aren't horrific. No. <laughs> anymore. No, they're great. And that stuff, like, remember Rue said, "Oh, you know, this takes a while to have effect," and it was like two yeah. days later, yeah. you were just. And so now we have to, we just, after that, we made sure we never run out (laughs) because it was was really helpful. It was really helpful. Um, I was going to say, generally, I get stressed and more anxious than you do. You're a catastrophizer. I'm the... (laughs) Big time. And yet you you listen to all the crime podcasts and watch all the... True crime. True I told, crime stories. I wasn't going to watch any. I wasn't going to listen to any crime podcasts this year, and I think I made it most of the way through the year. But I'm listening to a really good one at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we sort of covered this before. But I lean on you a lot during those times. Do you ever feel like you've got three kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> Short answer. That's good. No. It's different. Um, what are some of the challenges that have come up for you personally since having kids? Uh, or are there any? I mean, you know, not just like I'm tired and... Yeah, just the regular kind of typical things that parents talk about. I can't think of anything. Like what would be one for you? It's kind of a big question and hard to pinpoint. I think for me it's reconciling um, the way that I was brought up or the way that my family did things when I was bringing up. If that now doesn't marry with how we do things as parents. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, like if I've got an automatic response to something because of how I was brought up. Yeah. But actually that automatic response isn't how I feel or how I want to do things with our kids. Reconciling that and recognising that 
and working through that has been challenging for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I don't think I feel that kind of – I don't feel any pressure from how I was brought up in, in terms of like I don't feel pressure to perform the same way mm. or to make the same decisions. Yeah. Which I think is really nice that mum and dad brought me up. Yes. To, to feel really comfortable in my own kind of path. Which is good. And you are like you're really good at that. You don't you don't question yourself. You don't seem to. A lot. I mean, you know no. everyone does, but Yeah. Generally speaking, it yeah, I don't feel like it keeps me up at night or anything like that. Like, <laughs> well done, Sally and Steve. Yay. Thanks, Mum and Dad. What are you proud of? I'm proud of all of us that we're family. I'm proud of how well we work together as a team. Um, this sounds like like we're setting up an interview to just big note ourselves. But, like, I think we're really good, like, as a team. And I think we have been since before we had kids. And I think having kids has just kind of solidified it. Like, in that we're really good at, like, knowing what each other needs broadly and also in a given moment. You know, like the way like when we're both at home and even just task switching, you know, yeah. like that we do that really organically. Like one of us will be running the bath and then one of the girls distracts us with whatever and then the other one just comes in and Finish. takes over that, finishes that job and we're kind of just doing that the whole, the whole time, mm-hmm. which is it just kind of – it's really nice and fluid, which is good. That's probably the I think the best thing. The thing that we do, or that one of the things that I'm most proud of is just you know how well we kind of understand each other and make things work, which is good. And when we don't, when we're not like on the same page, we don't go that route where you butt heads and then walk away and don't talk about it. Mm. Like we generally kind of come to some sort of resolution eventually, you know. Like mm. I think that's a lot of things. It's like we both probably know ourselves pretty well and then we're both good at talking about it with each other. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on. That's my final it's my final question. Oh, final question. Okay. I'll um, sit up. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, it's not the um, not the final question. It is the final question. Oh, okay. Oh, you thought I had like some big. Oh, I thought you had another question. Like okay. a like an earth shattering. Something revealing. Oh, like what? I don't have anything to reveal. I don't think. <laughs> Do you okay. have something you want to ask me to reveal? No. Okay. No. Uh What's something empowering that you would say to other parents? Other parents, okay. Well, because you normally say other mums. I do, but sometimes I say other parents. But well, all right. Well, let's dad let's dadify it. What's something empowering that you would say to other dads? Um, I would just say, have a go. You're probably really good at it because it's really easy to see mum doing it 
really well and just go, oh, they're good at it. Like, oh, here you go. Like, you do it. You're like, better at this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, you win because you feel like if you haven't been doing it a lot and you've got mum sitting there who has been doing it since day dot, like, if, if it's like comes to feeding feeding the baby or whatever, like mum has been doing it since day one and she's awesome at it now. And it's like, okay, and then you've got to try and feed the baby and you've like never really done it before and you're like, uh, it's so much easier to just go, oh, it's not working, here you go, and hand the baby back. Whereas you kind of forget that like, no, on day one it was really hard for mum. It took like ages for her to get really good at it. Um, so it's still going to take you ages. But like if you just hand hand the baby back and, and go, oh, it's not working. And I am do the same thing. Like June's crying in the middle of the night and it's like, oh, she wants you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, we're a bit more resigned with We're like, you'll sleep eventually yeah, or whatever. Let's I know. just get through. But like it is that thing like if you have to, have to do it, you'll you'll figure out how to do it. But not only that, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it and the easier it is and it's worth it because then you have like these really young years of the years when that kind of really strong bond is formed. And I felt like I feel like I've got that with Marley because I spent that early time with her heaps. And I feel like we're really tight. And I think because I had to go back five days a week for this last period with June, it's starting to slip away. And and it's just not as, it's not the same. You know what I mean? So I'd like to get back to kind of that kind of place. Anyway, I can't remember. It's like, have a go. Like, your mug. Have a go, your mug. Like, <laughs> just do it. Like, because yeah, you'll it's you'll be good at it, and they'll love you. They'll love you for doing it. I think. Mum will and love also, you too. Hey, mum will love, mum you, will too. love you too. And also that thing, like for for partners, like the, the dad is probably better at it than you think they are. Like, mm. if you're a bit like, oh no, they're not going to do it right. They might do it differently, but then who knows? Your baby might love that that way that dad does it later. You don't know. It's worth having a shot. I'm not saying it'll be easy. <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably be really hard and I struggle with it. So, like. But rewarding. You know, I can say that, like, have a go, but, like, it, I know it's going to be hard, but parenting's hard. <laughs> We say that a lot. We say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? We thought we knew. We, we didn't know. We had no idea. We had no idea. Really sorry to all of our siblings. And there's people like when they're, you know, they're pregnant or whatever and you're like, you think you know. You don't know. You don't know. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being my first education <laughs> episode. Thanks for having me. It was good. It's been nice. Mm. It, it was it was oddly f- formal to begin with, and now it's not. Now it's not. Yeah. Okay. We done? I think so. Okay. Thanks. I love you. I love you too. <laughs>
thank you to my last guest of the year, Leith Matner, and for being the first episode of Dadification. You are an amazing husband and dad, and the girls and I love you very, very much. There are some links in the show notes to Men's Line Australia, who offer a free 24-hour-a-day phone counselling service for men, including dads. There's also a link to the Fathers section of the Raising Children Network website. They have a bunch of useful articles on there. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened to Season 1. I have loved doing this podcast. I hope you all have a lovely Christmas or summer break, and I can't wait to come back and share more with you next year. Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brody Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.